Hi. How you, how you doing? <laughs> I th- I'm good. I uh, Yeah, I'm great. Luckily, we've already debriefed about extended time in lockdown number six. Yeah. First, as always, champagne. Cheers. We've already, we've already popped the cork, so we'll have to... Yeah, we did. Unfortunately, yeah. we didn't mm. um, record that. But I just went and wrote down what I'm drinking because it's a new yep. one. So Tell me. in Seddon, there's this place called Seddon Wine Store, which I, is often where I get my wine. And we've just found out two things. If you buy 12 bottles, then you get 10% off. <laughs> Lockdown. Lockdown, 12 bottles, 10% off can do. And also... Um, you can like accumulate points and the points Ooh. will go towards your next purchase. Anyway, so I've, I'm very much like seduced by both of those marketing yeah. te- techniques. So, <laughs> it, so basically we just like go there, do a big haul and then run out of wine and go back and do it again. So I always forget why I end up buying the champagne that I buy and then kind of get surprised when I reopen it, <laughs> which is always good. So this one is from France, which is cool. Um, Love it. And on the bottle, it says it's a method traditionnel, which means that I think... Which is what you want. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, so it's legit champagne. Um, and it's called Prince Estivac, but I'm sure that's not how you pronounce it in French. And it's a Blanc de However, Blanc. legit champagne is a term that is yeah, used yeah. for <laughs> professional champagne If tasters. I was to have a champagne brand, it would just be called legit champagne. <laughs> <laughs> and it would be spelled wrong. <laughs> Um, um, but it's, it's fucking delicious. It's, is yeah, it? it's like froth, nice and frothy and foamy. It's like dry. Oh yeah. Mm. I don't know. Hang on. So it's a brute. What are you drinking? I am just drinking the staple. I feel like the same champagne, the same sparkling I drink pretty much for every podcast, even though I have had numerous other sparklings in the last year, but I'm back to the Jants. Mm-hmm. Come full circle. Back to the Jants from Tasmania, Method Traditional as well. But um, it's, I, you know, I've cycled through a lot of them over the last year. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it's a standard, you know, you can't go wrong with it. Absolutely. You got me onto Jants, mm. and now it's like my go-to if I'm going to some event. I'll, I'll grab yeah. that. So. So. <laughs> What are we talking about? So we're, we're, what, we so have th- – this is an interesting one, actually, because we've got a show coming up that we can't talk about because it's embargoed, but <laughs> but we want to talk about so it. Because we're so important. But um, we, we want to talk about it. So we've kind of made a plan f- uh, to, to make sure that we can talk about some things but not talk about the actual play. But this is so weird because we never make a plan. Like, this is the first time we've ever made a plan. So it's like I'm kind because of out of my Because normally life used to happen around us. Exactly. And there were so many things to draw on, whereas we have been locked down again for a week now. Yep. This is our first show for – this will be our first show in almost two years. Yeah, if you don't count, we did one – we took one up to Canberra. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a little tiny one-man show um, yeah, in on 2020. Yeah, the pandemic in Australia, yeah, yeah. In, um, and we were all scared that we were going to come back with COVID yeah. from Canberra. <laughs> Little did we know that Melbourne <laughs> would be the yeah, hot spot. the totally hot spot. The place, mm. the place where you want to be if you are COVID. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So that was in 2020, and that was a kind of – that was a little um, show called Circuit, One Man, and it was investigating themes around the imposed expectations on women. Um but yeah, that's the last thing we did. Which yeah, and then we 
God, well, you've you've done heaps actually. You've done. Uh, done a, you've done cact- no, I've done a, you've done cactus okay, and um and Hell's Canyon. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I I got a cheeky couple in in the the uh, freer part of this year, which was nice. Um, but then we've still got quite a bit coming up for the rest of the year, which we hope will go ahead. Mm. <laughs> we we're crossing out. I'm sure it will. We'll just be making it faster than we've ever made theatre. Exactly. I feel like that's the theme now with independent theatre. Independent theatre is always made like you make it so intensively because you have such little time because you can't afford rehearsal space so you've got to jam everything in and you've got to work around everyone's schedules because everyone's trying to work to keep themselves alive and to pay the rent because you don't actually get paid for making independent theatre. Mm-hmm. But this is on another level Yeah. <laughs> in amongst lockdowns. Yeah. And because we make generally pretty physical theatre there's only so much you can do on zoom and by now by lockdown number six we're all pretty fatigued with working on a screen and i'm sure like i I feel sometimes feel real trauma around it as well oh absolutely yeah i've been you know people have been trying to socialize with me on zoom and it's just no yeah it's it's too hard even, yeah. like, I just prefer talking on the phone now. I'm like, I don't need to see your face. I don't need to see yeah. my face seeing your face. I'm totally happy just being <laughs> on the phone, like, the good old days. I wish I had a landline. That would be great. Yeah, but, yeah, because we're doing physical theatre, we've had to search out really interesting um, rehearsal spaces. And we had our uh, costume designer come in the other day, and she was so excited because one of the places we were rehearsing is the pit stops at um, Albert Park uh, Racecourse. And it's so it's so crazy to like be in those big garages where you know the F1 cars come. Not that I'm like a massive F1 fan, but like it's just is one of those like really significant Melbourne places. Yes, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, it used to be anyway. And like every year, you'd like be so aware yeah. that the Grand Prix's on, and we're just like weirdly making physical theatre in this space. Which and we wouldn't be able to use it if the Grand Prix hadn't been cancelled again this mm-hmm. year. So thanks. Thanks, yeah. COVID. Thanks, That's COVID. a good thing. And it's silver linings. Rehearsal space. Exactly. <laughs> silver linings. Well, it's awesome for us because it's just we always just need space and it's big. It's got great light. It's I mean essentially it's a shed, but it's a it's a little step up from a shed. Yeah. Like it's got a good a good polished floor. Yeah, exactly. It's a bit chilly, but I suppose the way the boys work so hard, we spent the first uh, hour of last thursday's rehearsal the day of lock the last lockdown doing a circuit which was awesome yeah and so it was so hot after that yeah but then i but, actually because you and i joined in with that and yeah. i obviously we didn't know that we were going to we were kind of not peer pressured but <laughs> it did feel like they were about to do this like half an hour circuit like really intense exercise like one of our um, cast members is a personal trainer so he'd like really thought about what they were going to do and then they were like, well, you guys are going to join in, right? And you were like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, um, I haven't exercised in a while because I've been a little bit injured. And so I was like, all right. So jumping in on that and also like wearing like three woolen tops and then like having to like strip yeah. off halfway through. And then, I know. and then because of that, I was so sweaty. And then yeah. halfway through the rehearsal, because we rehearse on Thursdays all day, I was like, Quite, Crazy. I had the chills because I had because yeah. I had sweated and then and then I just sat there not having not done any exercise. 
Um, maybe that was also the end of your first AstraZeneca yeah, shot maybe. coming through. Yeah. yeah, that was probably good to like flush all that out, actually. Yeah, get it out. Yeah. Um, but it was so great. We were just talking about it earlier. It was such a – not only is it awesome for this show because they do work bloody hard in the first scene in particular, cardio-wise – but it was such a lovely ensemble activity for bonding and with us as well. I loved it. Yeah. I loved joining it in totally, with them. It's interesting as well because, like, I've always found, especially, like, the way we work, which is really collaborative, devised, and I'm the writer in the room, and so I'm sitting there often, like, looking, often on the other side of a desk looking at what the audience, sorry, not what the performers are doing from an audience's perspective and from a writer's perspective. And then often I'll just like ask you to ask them something or tell you to tell them something. So we're, we're keeping that channel of communication consistent, but it also, it's a weird barrier between me and the performers a lot of the time. Like I don't really feel like I have that. And, and I guess with you two, just like that kind of power difference or power imbalance of like, they're the performers, but we're, we're constantly telling them what to do. They're like receiving that and like doing what we tell them, which is insane because yeah. we're always like, do these five things and do it and yeah. make it look effortless. It's fine. Yeah. Um, and take clothes off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so it was really nice to do something with them that like totally leveled everything. Yeah. And just, we were all just doing the same thing. And I, I felt really like a part of the team in a way that I often always feel a bit um, yeah. like more of an observer. Oh, yeah. most of the time but yeah it was really good to do I feel like I want to like make that a thing regardless of yeah if it's like a one woman like totally statue still show we still yes. have to do some sort of like everyone do, doing the same thing in the room doesn't matter if like what your role is in the room it was really great absolutely and they loved it too because so often like I still find there's there's so many rehearsal spaces where the hierarchy is just so apparent as soon as you walk in the room and people or people expect that that hierarchy exists as soon as they walk in the room and I bloody hate it and it's so hard to break yeah. that expectation yeah. um, and that behaviour from some people and it, it's so nice to break that within our shows because we always break that because we work so collaboratively and some actors don't always get on board with it some actors do just would prefer they they kind of feel like they know where they stand with the hierarchy Mm. but um these guys love it it's awesome it's so good when you make when you're all physical yeah why wouldn't you exactly it's like those companies who you know there's there's a few of these companies especially in um europe you know ariane manushkin and and the the ensemble live together and they cook together and they clean together and marina abramovich does it or did it with a number of works as well and everyone meditates together you know like it's some of those companies can sometimes take it too far can feel a bit culty but (laughs) um I, I just think it is a lovely you know you have to work so closely doing this and you have to trust the process and to to trust fully you have to see that the playwright and the director the heads of the team are trusting in the process mm. and and they have to be part of it mm. to make that clear. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I've been thinking actually about on last Thursday as well, I had this, oh, yeah, because one of our cast members is Italian, but he can't go back to Italy because of COVID, because of the bane of everything that exists at the moment. Um, and so he was just missing it because it's summer there, it's winter here, so we're talking about how shit it is. And then I said, well, why don't we just make this show so good that we'll just take it to the Venice Biennale? And, like, I said it flippantly because, like, yeah. as if that's ever going to happen. But it was cool to, for them to all be like, oh, 
Like yeah. we're, we're, we're having like blue sky ideas here. And I was like, yeah, I love that. And I love like, why not? Why not aim that high? Like, why not kind of articulate wh- what our aims are for our company, you know, yeah. eventually and where we want to go and what we are aiming for and like include them in that and want them to be a part of our journey. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that theatre allows us, theatre making allows us still to do that because I feel like in many other professions, you're at the moment, they're so uh, oppressed by the pandemic. And be, when we get in the room, like you literally forget about the pandemic yeah. for that time that yeah. you're in the room. We're so focused on the content and what this work is and each other. And we're, it's, it's that opportunity to be in the moment. So you can absolutely dream because, I mean, and also our profession requires us to use our imagination so much. So it's it kicks in when you're in there and the dreams come back. And, and the possibilities and, the, and the, yeah. Yeah. The, and the, those, all those barriers and boundaries that obviously do exist and you have to overcome just become these, like, part of the process. It's like, yeah, we're starting yeah. from this little pit stop in Albert Park. But yeah, who knows yeah. where this can go? Like, that's the exciting thing about coming together and creating work together. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that's ingrained in us from making independent theatre anyway. You know, you're, you're ne- it's n- it's not easy yeah. <laughs> making independent theatre. You're always working with so many different obstacles and, and there's so many challenges. But we continue to do it because... Really, I think it's because it's not not because of the outcome. It's that moment in the room. It's those six hours in the room that are just pure inspiration and action and in the moment. And they're so exciting. They're so fulfilling and nourishing. Mm. Like you're just getting so much out of it. Like every time after our rehearsals, I just come home. Like I ride my bike home through Albert Park, and I'm like yeah. the wind through my hair, and I just feel like I can. I've got a cape yeah. on. I can you, take on the like world. It's like the vitality of it. And I guess yeah. our job then is to translate that onto the stage for an audience. Mm. And I think that mm. we've been able to do that in the past quite successfully. Like that kind of like mm-hmm. present, vital, vital energy. We're all here together. There's that. There's an importance that you're here tonight, watching yep. these people also be here tonight, and. Forget yeah. about the barriers of your life and enter this world. And even more so now. Yeah. Because people are so desperate to be together and are so desperate to escape and enter into other places where they don't have to think mm. about COVID. Last year, you and I did um, a really great workshop via Zoom uh, with Bryony Kimmings, who's a brilliant yeah. independent theatre maker from England. And she uh, had a bunch of – so she works with a, a big team and it's usually the same people. And one of the people that she had on was her dramaturg, who also works at the National Theatre in London. And I, something really stuck with me, what her dramaturg said, which was, now that we're living through a pandemic, make sure the theatre you make is so good that people who come to see it are willing to risk getting COVID. Yeah. And, like, not that they will get COVID, <laughs> but, like, it's scarier to leave the house. It's more of a risk to leave the house than ever before. It was already yep. kind of hard to get people out in, like, the pre-pandemic. Yep. Now it's, like, make sure you, you're you earning that. Make sure those bums on yep. seats, you like, the theatre you're making is earning that. And I really t- I really took that on board. And it, mm. it actually made me lift my not, – not that I had low standards, but want to make my standards even higher because yep. the respect for the audience is – so important to me and I think that that's why I love working in the way that we work which is this devising yeah. thing because I'm always thinking all right yeah but what's the audience 
you know, what are they getting out of this? How are they going to be interpreting this? What yeah. what's it saying? What are those symbols saying? Like, what does it mean? And and why should I care? Yeah. And I think now that this this extra layer of the pandemic, it's like, why am I here? Like, make it yeah. worth me. Make it totally worth my time that I'm here. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'd forgotten about that quote. Thank you. That's I'm will be bringing that into the forefront of my thinking. <laughs> I mean, you don't want it to like making. put so much pressure on the making that you're like, oh. But it's a good thing no, to just just to really respect the audience for making the effort to come out. Absolutely, and to share in a live experience because yeah, that's. I mean, it's always been a challenge anyway. That live experience, not everyone's into it. But now even more so, yeah, it is. Although it's, weirdly. And it's more special. Yeah. But also weirdly, like, before we got locked down the fifth time, there was, we, we had we had quite a bit of, it's like King, maybe it's like King Henry. He had eight wives. <laughs> we'll have eight lockdowns. <laughs> oh, shit, Lock, don't say lockdown that. Lockdown the We've got sixth. two to go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we definitely have two to go. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but, yeah, but between, like, lockdown four lockdown five we had quite a bit of time right and i so i went to quite a bit of theater and there were so many people at every single show like people were like gagging to see live stuff which was really exciting and it it made me really happy for the people putting stuff on it made me really happy for it's true we we actually love going to live stuff it's just that everyone was Mm. so busy people and pre-pandemic that like if they wanted to be entertained they just wanted to relax whereas now everyone's like done with that and they yes, want to they absolutely. want to feel alive they want to feel vital they want that so, yeah I think our understanding of our pl- individual places in the world has changed for a lot of people yeah and it's it's made us sort of reprioritize and make some calls about okay this this bullshit of just you know staying home and watching Netflix all the time that doesn't cut it anymore yeah it's it's people I need to be around people yeah I feel like everyone's just had such a different experience with it because some people have just haven't had any time because they're, like, having to homeschool or, like, care for yes, an elderly or yeah. a person or, you know. And other people have had way too much time. And I think the yeah. people that have had way too much time, there's been a lot of that self-reflecting of, like, okay, who am I? Yeah. What do I want? Where am I going? All of those, like, big questions that often get kind of pushed to the back have come yeah. to the fore and for better or worse – have made people want to engage differently with the world. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I think that's the key. It's engaging differently. And I, f- I feel like we did that when we came out, like especially, I can't even remember, they all blur together now, but I remember we had some freedom sort of around February. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that that's, we started to, sh- I know I started to shift back into a bit of a, the same sort of rat race almost that I'd been in before COVID and it was like schedule everything. Also, you know, you try as someone working in the arts, Mm. you try and take up all the work you can. And then there was all this like overlay from last year of like trying to squash everything that couldn't happen last year into this year. But it was that kind not, not being present in all the stuff Mm. I was doing because I was just trying to manage my time again Mm. and get everything into that schedule which was totally impossible and then the next lockdown down came and it reminded me hang on yeah and like like were you happy as well doing all of that and that, yeah I, oh it's so strange yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I I felt the same but I also felt like I'm not allowed to be stressed like this is what I wanted mm. this is what I wanted like mm. I was waiting all last year to yeah. like, be busy like this again yeah now I'm busy like this yeah. you can't be stressed 
Yeah, but it is that it's that balance, and it's the way in which it's also the comparison thing around like what other people are doing, and oh, if they're doing that, then I should have the capacity to do that too. Yeah, all of that yep. stuff that we all obviously feel. So it's so crazy that we still feel it. It must be so deeply embedded in our like human psychology. Innate. Yeah, so innate. Well, that's an interesting term, an interesting notion, Laura, because that. <laughs> is what feeds into our work that we're making at the moment, what's so deeply embedded into Absolutely. our into our understanding of our place and other people's place. Um, that's all we can say. <laughs> should we talk about should we talk about uh, the, I guess what's some of the things that have informed what we're making at the moment? Yeah, cool. So um, you and I have been meeting every week to do marketing for this next show that we're doing. And yeah, one of Marketing Wednesdays. Marketing Wednesdays. Um, which <laughs> is actually like it's the first time we've done this. It's the first time Isn't that it? we've really thought about and you know why? It's because we've written so many grant applications that have needed marketing yeah. calendars. And we've been like, let's yeah. actually activate yeah. that plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which yeah. and well it works. Also re- like I just worked on a show with uh, a producer and playwright, Maddie Nunn. We all know her. She's fabulous. Mm-hmm. And watched her work her bum off in the marketing side of things, which re- had such great results. And yeah, you were sold out. Bums on yeah. seats. Yeah, she just worked so hard. It was uh, absolutely amazing. And it, it really it showed me how important that side of things is, which I've always known. But you never, as the producers, the playwright, the director, the creators, the parents of the project – plus doing all our own uh, our other jobs, you don't have to – that's the thing that kind of goes yeah. to the – like that's the thing at the bottom of the pile and you're like, oh, we'll just – we'll get to that, we'll get to that, and then we do it really quickly. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it really made me realise how how vital totally. it is. Totally. Because there's yeah, no point in so making awesome. a show if no one sees a show. So and the, only, exactly. the only reason people would come is because they need to know about it and that's what, yeah. that's what marketing is. So um, – We've done a few things. So we did the we did the calendar and we meet up every Wednesday, which is great because it means we're ticking things off and like so we've already got you know hero image like in the bag ages yep. ago like all those all those things that you're always like scrambling around to do. Yeah. We've done. We've got the press release, all that kind of thing. But the other thing that we did, which is really good, that we actually learned from um, the people at the Butterfly, Butterfly Club, Club, is this thing called the Netflix game, which is basically like when you go on Netflix and you've already watched Harry Potter or Twilight or whatever it is. <laughs> What? I actually did watch Twilight last night. It was so boring. Anyway. You watched Twilight? Yeah, man. I was like, I can't deal with anything. Just give me, like, pretty people. Okay. Being... Anyway. I, I, I go to Harry Potter yeah, in right, lockdowns, right, right. but Twilight, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I think – anyway, anyway, I digress. Um, <laughs> but it, then if you've watched something, it says, oh, if you've watched this, then you'll like this and this and this and this, and it'll give you, like, a list of other things that you might like, like those recommendations. We're, we all know that. Yeah. Are. And they all start to feed off each other. Yeah. And so the guys at the Butterfly Club were like, you need to do that for your show. So we made mm. this, like, big list of – it's almost like, well, if you like this, then you'll like our show. So we yeah. did that with this next show that we we um, we have coming up, which was really, really good. And it's so interesting because we came up with such a, like, broad range of things, but they all had, like, yeah. thematic crossovers. One's, like, a – like sitcom and one's like an avant-garde dance piece. And, <laughs> but they fit into but they, very specific sections of the show. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. And also like 
Like, for example, one of them's I Hate Susie, which was this, like, amazing television show that I totally recommend to anyone. Um, so it's Billy Piper, who we all know and love, and, Lu- and Lucy Preble, who's, who was a playwright, and then now she's also obviously a, Branched out. Yeah, a, a screenwriter. Decided to pay her rent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's about this woman who... Basically, she's famous, and then she gets kind of outed for, like, a sex scandal... And then she has to deal with that and the fallout in her life. And, like, what happens mm. when she is left alone, like, who she is when she's not trying to fulfil everyone else's expectations of her. And, and I mean, the crux of the matter is also she's a woman and regardless of the day and age we live in, there are such dated expectations of this woman. Mm. You know, no matter what her um, status is in terms of her career, um, in terms of the fact that we, well, when this was made, it was 2020, probably 2019 when it was made, but it's still such, like, it's so traditional, the the expectations around the role of the woman and the way the oh, so many women, I mean, I still take that up, you know, you, you just find yourself yeah. taking up those those roles, some often because it's easier, and that you see yeah. that a lot in this, this piece. But intensity-wise and contemporary with the contemporary uh, references in it, I suppose, that's a that's a good reference mm, for us. And, yeah, and also every episode is a different genre. One's a horror, and then the last one, it's it's the only one in which it's kind of like a rom com yeah, um, one where she where we can hear her internal dialogue, and we've never been able to hear that before. So she's kind of narrating the whole thing, and we finally oh God, hear what she's thinking. Like the whole time, we're kind of watching her from this this woman trying to manage everyone's expectations and trying to be everyone for everyone, everything for everyone. And then finally in the last episode, we hear what she's thinking. And it's, it's just like the most liberating thing. Devastating. Cause you're like, Oh my God, she's thinking everything I'm thinking when I'm watching this, but she can't yeah. say anything because if she was to, she would like disrupt the mythology around what a woman is yes, and like, and, and therefore jeopardize her survival. Yep. So it's, yeah, it's, it's such a good um, like depiction of, someone trying to be a person underneath the baggage of all of those expectations and that's yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very much what we're interested in exploring with within the physical theater realm but also the fact that our show goes from it, it does change genre there's a big shift in the middle yeah. of it um and it, it's pulling from like it's you know specific but it's pulling from different influences really yeah. really specifically but those like then the, the other one that we keep referring to is this Pina Bausch show called Contact Off, which is all, like, choreographed dance. And they're quite domestic. It uses really obviously kind of realistic domestic movement, stylized movement, to, to then shift it into stylized movement, mm. sorry. So like we really stuff. Yeah, 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 we really recognise that. And repetition, the amount of – and the duration in that. My God, it's like four hours yeah. long or something. I can't remember. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, and and the very clear gender roles yeah. within that yeah. also, and the violence, the violence towards women in it, mm. it's horrific. Mm, and the taking, just the the, the yeah. emptying out of another person, yeah, and just yeah. like pushing that until you're there, completely. deflating her. Yeah. Is there a nice one that we've got? Oh, that's let me see. Have you got the I'm list there? At the list. So I've got. Well, we did Mad Max Fury Road, which is just mm. such an incredible film, oh, and we both watched it quite suppose, recently. 
Yeah, and and that that really uh, informs the beginning of the show. It's the speed. It's the, the energy. The weight. Yeah. And the um and the violence, mm. the violence mm. of it, the the top, the masculinity in it. Something the, I really like about Mad Max Fury Road was that within it, it it really and I think our show does this too. It it critiques both the feminine expectations but also the masculine expectations like how how should definitely how that. rigid it is to be a man and 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 mm-hmm. live up to those expectations boys in that are so disposable are, are so brainwashed yeah. i just told like you you are you are just someone who needs to fight for me and then die like i don't actually care about your life yeah yeah it is um yeah they're like shells so, I mean, it's like a, an army, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I feel like a lot of boys and young boys kind of feel that, feel this kind of, mm. you know, if, if I don't prove myself by being the most brave or the most violent, then what value do I have? No one's going to see me. And no one's going to see me, yeah. exactly. And, yeah. and that's, you know, well, and I, to the point where I will risk, you know, my life doing something dumb, like just jumping between one ledge and another or whatever, like proving myself, doing those yeah. big kind of gestural physical acts expectations yeah and that's yeah and that's yeah. i think that it's a really like heightened but like absolutely accurate reflection of masculine expectations just as much as is feminine like which is such a cool yeah. movie to also be like a crazy action like to car chase the whole time like intense yeah it's yeah it's such a good film it's it's so and i remember i was texting you when i watched it and i said something like we're 40 minutes in and I haven't taken a breath. Yeah. Or something like that. I know. Like it just, it's so you're fast. You're on the edge of your seat the whole yeah. time. It's amazing. And it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's literally like fast forwarded, like half the, mm. yeah. So it's so much footage. It's brilliant. And I think that yeah. like seeing that gave us so much adrenaline and like we've just channeled all of that into this show as well, which is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the first 15 minutes of the show for me, like when when I'm watching what we're doing, it's it I can't breathe. Yeah, the danger in it as well. Yeah. Um, is that what's on our list there? That's kind of soft. Um, what's on our list for the end of the work? I don't know. We have Brian Kimmings, and we had that beautiful yeah. work, um, Bitch on Heat, and there's this beautiful. So that's oh, a one woman yeah. show. That's I can't remember actually who the performer is in that. Was it Leah Shelton? That does that rings a bell. Maybe? She's from that. Yeah. She's from Adelaide. Beautiful, amazing performer, and Brian. Oh, I think stunning. was Brian Kimmings her mentor who created that, or co-creator Maybe. or something. I think that there was some sort of uh, crossover collaboration. Ah, okay, that makes sense now. Yeah, um, but one of the um, beautiful images right at the end is she's just the whole time. It's a very physical work, and the whole time she's had this weird relationship slash like rivalry slash I don't know. The whole thing's centered around a blow up doll. Yeah. And then this... uh, almost like ho- like using it to to fa- form her identity. Yeah, yeah. And then right at the end, she punctures it, and so it's just this lifeless blood doll. And she just picks it up and holds it out in front of her, and just looks at this body. And instead of like disposing of it or rejecting mm. it, she takes it with her. And I found mm. that such a beautiful, soft, kind wise moment of well we can't you know we can't just reject all of this stuff but what we can do is Mm. acknowledge it and take it with us 
and move forward in a transformative way. Yeah. And that was such it yeah. was such a amazing moment in theatre for me and it's really especially from this piece around like it's not about taking a stand, man, and breaking that glass ceiling. Like it's not about any of that. It's about acknowledging what's happening and saying, yeah. do we want this? Or is there another way? And can we accept certain things and try to transform yep. other things? It's not about like finger pointing or being angry. It's actually well, that doesn't yeah. get us anywhere, does no. it? Like it might make us feel good for a moment, but we keep holding on to the anger that way. It's it's about take it's it's really about taking a breath. Mm. It's about taking a breath, like looking around, and going, okay, this is what it is. This is what's here. Can we all acknowledge it? Mm. And then can we all take this within us? And can we all step forward at the same time? Mm, mm. That's very conceptual. I know what I'm talking no, about. Right. Well, I know what you're <laughs> talking about it in terms of the work, but yeah. maybe when people finally see the work, they'll understand exactly. that statement I've just exactly. made. <laughs> yeah. But I guess also what we're saying in that is that with this new work that we're making, we're not giving an answer and we're not trying to solve a problem. We're not, we're not giving an answer to solve the problem. We're asking people to take a breath, really, and I, I guess for some to acknowledge that there is even an issue there mm. um, but and to acknowledge that they're part of it, regardless of how much they might think that they are not. Yeah, or that it's irrelevant that to them. Yeah. A free, really free, open thinker about these things. Maybe they need to, maybe everyone just needs to have a little bit, do a little bit of analysis yeah. around the way they think yeah. about this issue, which is, I mean, I guess we, it's gender politics, really, that we're talking about. Yeah. Um, Although the phrase gender politics makes it into a debate topic. And I think that, yeah, I think that what we're doing is trying to make it into an emotional reality. Yes, um, yes. And say, like, just imagine that you were in this position, like how how that it's like it's just empathy. It's just like please be. That's empathetic. exactly what it yeah. is. Yeah, but I also think that a lot of the people who we need to be compassionate will will um, I guess they prefer to come at it from a more analytical point of view, like a debate. That's true. You know, yeah. and and then find an emotional way in. Mm. Because a lot of people would say there's no room for emotion in this, mm. um, you know, in this debate. Mm. But I guess our, our perspective is that, well, this has been a debate for how many years now? How many centuries? Yeah. And um, we feel, you know, I feel like it's becoming more and more aggressive. And this is a way that we think theatre can say something. Yeah. And theatre is best when it is about it's about seeing the human. Yeah. Yeah, that's, what you said just reminds me of um, another thing that we have been kind of using, or if you like this, then you'll like this show, which is um, Ms. Represented, which has been on iView mm. and ABC, um, about all the, like, kind of first women in Parliament. And there's this amazing moment with Sarah Hansen Young in the final episode I think where yeah. uh, she talks about she gets asked a question about whether or not she'd um, encourage women to come into politics and she and Sarah Hansen Young says yes absolutely and then is holding back tears <gasps> and Annabelle Crabbe's like why are you crying and then Sarah Hansen Young says because oh, it's it's so hard and, and it's that whole, that, that moment is that whole thing of 
she could argue this sucks off anyone. Like she's a she's yeah, a lawyer, she's yeah. a politician, she's so smart. Yeah. But she's also incredibly emotionally invested and affected by yeah. the amount of barriers that she's had to withstand and, and, yeah. and overcome. And so her this emotion, it sits within you as well as all of those like analytical arguments that totally mm. make logical sense. It's like mm. like it's insane. Someone I think my osteo was like my boyfriend thought that women had less ribs than men. Like what? there's all of these there's so much mythology around the in- inferiority of women that people yeah. still believe. Yeah. And so when you're confronted with that when you're oppressed just because of your femaleness then mm. you can't help but ingest that in an emotional way as well as an entirely logical and intelligent and, you know, and to even separate those th- those two things like emotions and intelligence is crazy. Mm. But, yeah, I, it's, it's, it's that whole thing of, like, if you want to win the argument, don't get emotional. Yeah, but that's because we live in a patriarchy. Yeah. And they met, this is one of those, those issues with to- toxic masculinity is men are told they're not allowed to get emotional. And so then we've got this issue of like, well, don't make it emotional. Don't. It's not. It's a debate. Gender politics is a debate. It's not emotional. Don't get emotional about it. It's fucking. We're human. Yeah, it's our life. It's fucking emotional. It's, it's affected yeah. every single thing that we've ever done. Like we are in these bodies, and our bodies come with us from birth till death. Of course. Yeah. Of course, it's going to become emotional. Like. We, and regardless of your gender, like men, you should be getting fucking emotional about yeah. the way you are expected not to show emotion yeah, as well. Yeah. It's just, it's fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. And it's such an issue. And then, like, put like put that in the context of, like, those really misogynistic chants that were going on mm. last year from St. Kevin's and then all of the shit that's gone down in, like, our federal parliament over the last 12 oh months as well. Oh, my God. Like, the way... Even, you know, Cuomo today resigned. What, what did say? he say? He said, oh, so the New York, the governor of New York resigned. Oh, that's right. And yeah. he said, um, I just hadn't realised that the, uh, how far the line had been redrawn oh. or something like that. Like it was, it, you women didn't tell me. You should have told me. I can't keep up with you. You're always changing your mind. Oh my God. Like, fucking hell. Yeah. Again, you know, we're we're the blame we're blamed. But also, again, like we didn't do something for you. It's it's yeah. always what can you do for me? We didn't serve. Yeah, yeah. Like wh- you're here for me, right? Like yeah, what, like yeah. when you. It's like my friend um, always talks about it in you know when you're playing a video game. I know that you're like not a mad video gamer, but when you're playing a video I, I, game, I played one once, <laughs> and and you like walk into a new like area, and then there's a character in that area, and they'll like come alive because you're in the area. And other than that, it's, like, just been sitting there, like, not doing anything until you're there and then it, like, comes alive and interacts with you or, like, you fight it or whatever. And I honestly feel like some men, like Cuomo, feel like that's what women do. Like, women just, like, sit in the room in, like, silence. Waiting. And then you walk into the room and then they're there and then they're helping you and serving you and and interacting with you. Look at me, look at me. And then you leave the room and they cease to exist. And, like, they don't actually have their own life. There's that kind of, like, yeah, yeah that lack of... We- I feel like that's Parliament House in Canberra. Yeah. Well, they didn't have toilets till the 80s. It's so, like, yes. what do they think women were going to the toilet? And it's about just acknowledging that we're all humans. And it's like any, yeah. like, oppressed minority. It's just weird because women are 50% of the population. And so yeah. 
yeah. Anyway, I, I know that well, it's, it's, it's that's yeah. the show now. We've we've yeah, exactly. <laughs> we've delivered it. Yeah. Done. Well, we've just said. I guess I guess the crux of the matter is that we are dealing with this in an emotional way, I suppose, than uh, heavily researched and heavily structured, but we are not shying away from the emotion no. and also, in this issue. And we're trying to access the assumptions that audiences are walking yep. in with and being like, oh, yep. you assume this about this person, but actually what if this happens kind of thing. Yeah, just yeah. To, how do you see them now? Just to interrupt those expectations. Yeah, it's kind of like... Oh, it's like a circuit breaker. It's like a lockdown circuit breaker. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the language that the people understand. <laughs> We're circuit breaking. Right, so so let's change things up. Now, let's take this path instead. See what yeah. you see on this path. Ooh, something a bit different might change the way you think about things. Yes, perfect. <laughs> I love it. Here we come full circle. <laughs> All right. Should we stop our podcast? Yeah, now? I think we're done. Thanks for listening. Um, nice to Thank nice you. to have we're you so all here again. So glad to be back. Yeah. Keep keep listening. Uh, our plan is to release one every couple of weeks. I think. Yeah, yeah. So I think we've yeah, got yeah. four more planned before the end of no three more planned before well, October. So the next time we we podcast, we'll be able to release what the show is. Yeah, true. So stay yeah, tuned. Yes. Yeah. And stay, yeah, stay tuned and eyes peeled for the hero image because it's beautiful. It is, it's stunning. Yes, and we'll tell you all about our photographer. Anyway, there's so many people to oh, talk so about. so many. Let's go. Keep tuned, people. Yep, see you later. Bye.